Episode 61, How It's Supposed to Feel. Welcome to the First Year Married Podcast, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm marriage coach Kayla Levin, and I take newly married and engaged women from anxious and insecure to confident and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Hello, ladies. I hope you had an amazing week. I'm so excited to be back here with you talking about this topic, which, you know, it comes up so much in my coaching and my conversations with you, people who are reaching out to me online, in person. I don't think I've ever done a podcast episode about it. I don't think so, but you know what? There's 61, so there might be some repetition. We're we're cool with that here. I want to talk about how you're feeling about your relationship, how you're feeling about yourself, how you're feeling about your husband. Because I'm seeing a lot of women feeling a lot of shame about having negative emotions. Like they'll come to me and they'll be like, I know I shouldn't be feeling this way. Or it's kind of embarrassing to tell you that I feel this way or something along those lines. Okay. So I think that it's really helpful to kind of break this down and to give you some tools about sort of how to see this, a perspective shift on how to see this, and also some tools about what to do about it. So here's the thing where I want to start, which is there is a recorded known physiological high that happens at the beginning of a romantic relationship, okay? It's called the infatuation phase. The hormones go crazy. That is a real thing. For a lot of women, there's also the wedding high, right? They're so excited about just finally getting to their wedding day and being a bride, and that's so exciting, And so just like anything new that you begin, there is often this back to reality moment, right? And it might sort of happen gradually or it might just kind of happen pretty suddenly where all of a sudden that high is kind of worn off and now you're back to ground level, like normal, right? That can be a little scary, especially because for a lot of women, this is the first major commitment that you've ever made. Having that back to reality moment, even though you might have experienced that in your career, you might have experienced that with certain hobbies or sports or things like that. It's scary because it's like, well, okay, but I'm, can I, can I be at this ground level? Is that okay? Is it okay to have negative emotions? This is forever, right? So what I want you to know, first of all, is that it's totally fine and normal. The, the analogy that I came up with on a recent coaching call was that working with newlyweds for me is like on an emotional level, like working with a slow cooker versus an Instapot, right? Like a crock pot versus an Instapot. <laughs> and that's because when I used to coach people, before I started working just with newlyweds, I used to coach people and they had things that were bothering them, right? And it was like things were sticking and they just couldn't quite move past it and it was just getting irritating, right? That's also what I'll see with the women that I'm coaching that have been married a little longer, you know, but It's just kind of this like nagging issue that they just kind of need help getting out of or getting some clarity about. Working with a newlywed, I think, is like an Instapot. Like it's a pressure cooker, right? Because for the first time, every negative thought comes along with this like, and we're married now, or this is forever, or can I live like this? Or is this going to mean we're going to get divorced, right? And trust me, I speak from experience. I know this personally. (laughs) I also know this from working with all of you. So Here's the list of emotions I made up for you, of emotions that I think are totally fine to feel sometimes in your relationship. And I wanted to create a list because I want you to actually hear what negative emotions are. Annoyed. 
Sometimes you're going to be annoyed with your husband and maybe that's going to be okay. Enchanted. Okay, that's not a negative emotion, but I wanted to list a bunch of emotions. Frustrated. Resentful. I used to think that resentful was a really big problem emotion. You shouldn't ever feel resentful. I have a totally different perspective on resentment now than I used to. Curious. Okay. I'm curious about him, how he's going to approach things, how he's going to do things, what's going to happen, what your future holds. But curious, not like anxious. Um, but anxious can be there too. Also insecure. That's very common in the beginning. Insecure about him, insecure about you. And I want you to know that those are all fine. They're all invited here. Those emotions can be here. It's fine. Where you really want to be careful is getting too attached to whatever story is creating the emotion. Okay? So instead of feeling anxious, like I shouldn't feel resentful in this relationship, you want to kind of go back and be like, well, why am I feeling resentful in this relationship? Where is this coming from? Okay? I recently had this experience. I really didn't want to share it on the podcast, but I kind of think it happened just so I could share it with you. So as you all know, we recently moved to Israel. And I think I've said on the podcast before, my Hebrew is not great. And so I'm living in a country that speaks a different language. Okay. And so sometimes that's like more evident than other times. And I'm in a yoga class. And as the yoga class is going on, she's like speaking a lot in Hebrew and that's fine. I've taken the class before and it wasn't bothering me until all of a sudden my brain had this thought of you are totally isolated because you don't speak the language that everyone else in the room is speaking. So until then, I was like, I might not understand something I could ask, right? I could ask her and she would tell me in English. Wouldn't be a problem, right? I could even ask her to speak more English. Wouldn't have been a problem. But as soon as I had this thought, you're totally isolated because you don't speak a common language. Oh my gosh, for sure I couldn't speak up, right? I got really attached to the thought. But what was so interesting about the experience is that I was also watching it happen, right? Because I know that it was just a thought. And I was like, whoa, that's a heavy one. And then I, I kind of just like wasn't ready to let it go. So I watched it happening as the class was going on. And I noticed myself getting more and more upset. And like to the point where I had to leave the room. Like I was so upset, right? So <laughs> someone came over to me afterwards. She was like, everyone that moves to Israel cries in yoga at some point. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, not exactly, but for sure me, right? So this is the, this really is the freedom of having more of an awareness of your thoughts and your emotions. It's not so that you never cry. It's not so that you always get rid of your negative thought as soon as it comes in your head, right? I wasn't quite ready to let that one go. For whatever reason, I like was I was sticking with it. But I also knew that nothing was going wrong here. There was nothing actually wrong with the class. There was nothing actually wrong with the teacher or with me or with yoga or with Israel. Like none of these things were a problem. It was the thought that I was having about it that was creating all that negativity for me. So having that awareness took all the anxiety out of the situation. I didn't need to fix anything. I just needed to get curious about where it was coming from. So you can always feel all the feels. You can have all your emotions. You can cry when you're sad. You can be frustrated. But at the same time, you don't have to get attached to whatever story created those emotions in the first place. And so here are some stories that I hear a lot. Maybe he was the wrong guy. He's very inconsiderate or like any kind of sort of condemning character assessment. He's not driven enough. He doesn't care enough about your religious values. 
you want to notice those thoughts because whatever they're creating is going to be a strong emotion, right? If you're having a strong negative thought, you'll have a strong emotion. What does that mean? If we're not careful, we'll look at the strong emotion and we'll think that it proves the thought true. And we want to make sure not to do that. A strong thought's going to create a strong negative emotion. And when you are first married, all your negative thoughts are strong negative thoughts if you're sort of making it, which, I mean, every one of the women that I've worked with has at some point gone to that point of like, but this is forever now. And now that we're married and, you know, it's, it's just heavier. It's a little bit heavier than just a typical negative thought. The amazing thing that happens is that when we're scared to think these thoughts, we actually fixate on them more. They really terrify us. It terrifies us to have that negative thought. And I actually recently got coached on this from my coach. <laughs> this is just story time, <laughs> this podcast episode. One of my kids did something very dangerous. And I was reeling for a good month afterwards. Like I was having nightmares. I was waking up in the middle of the night thinking about it. I was waking up in the morning thinking about it. I was getting distracted in the middle of class and middle of work. Like I just, it kept sort of hitting me. I kept having this thought, I can't keep them safe or I'm not going to be able to keep them safe, right? But I didn't want to think the thought because it really made me feel sick. It was horrible and scary. So I was trying to push it away, like forget it. I can't, I don't even want to deal with you. I can't keep them safe, right? So guess what happened? I, instead of actually being able to effectively push it away, I had that thought approximately 20 billion times a second. Like it was, it kept coming back stronger and stronger the more I was pushing it away. And all my mental energy was in the back and forth energy of like thinking, pushing away, coming back. It was exhausting. And I was just getting more and more and more anxious. So it wasn't until my coach had me get really curious about the thought and to notice it and to even accept it and see where it's true right? Like none of us have total control. And also notice where it's not true. Like they're not in danger right now, right? Like she actually said, she's like, if you wake up in the middle of the night, just remind yourself like everyone's sleeping in their bed. So, right? We're in our beds. Right now there isn't a danger, so we can go back to sleep. And when I started to notice what the thought was creating, only then was I able to really move on from the anxiety, right? Instead of looking at the anxiety as proof that I was right, that I couldn't keep them safe, instead going, oh my gosh, all this anxiety is actually just coming from the thought. I can think separately about whether I think that's true or not, not when I'm in that place, right? So it's the same thing here. Let's take the example of he's totally inconsiderate, dot, 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 and we're married, right? Because all these thoughts now for newlyweds are going to have that sort of ending, so terrifying, right? You're going to spend the rest of your life married to an inconsiderate person. Remember, your brain takes you very literal. So if you're like, oh my gosh, he's so inconsiderate, we don't really mean that colloquially, like he's inconsiderate 100% of the time, but your brain does because your brain hears he's inconsiderate. Okay, he's an inconsiderate person. He's always going to be inconsiderate. Like it's just very literal. So, you know, first you have this like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with this really inconsiderate person. And then, no, 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 I'm not thinking that. I know he's a good guy. Everyone likes him. Everyone tells me how great he is, right? Push, 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 pushing away that thought. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with all the anxiety that just came up for me. Meanwhile, your brain is like, I don't know. I think there's something dangerous here about this guy and the inconsiderate thing. We better go out and gather some evidence. Oh, he didn't hold the door. He started dinner before he sat down. He didn't call his brother back very quickly. I think we're on to something here. I think he might really be very inconsiderate, right? <laughs> so 
your brain actually goes out searching for evidence, right? Based on this negative thought that in the meantime, you're trying to push it away. If you were to just deal with the thought, you could sort of see it in a much more nuanced way. So when you look at the thought, which yes, is scary and say, okay, so I had this thought that he's inconsiderate and there might be some truth to it, but it's also probably wrong in other ways. But it's interesting how that thought created so much more negativity about my relationship. So what else is true about him? Because when I think that thought, I don't like what's happening for me. I don't like how I'm showing up in the relationship. I don't like how I'm communicating. I don't like the results that I'm getting in my marriage. So there are other thoughts that are also true about him. I can just choose to think those. And that literally just looks like redirecting the brain. Oh, okay, inconsiderate thought came up. All right, I'm just going to let it go. I don't need to push it away. That's true. Maybe there's a little bit of him being inconsiderate. He's also this. So I want you to know mainly, the main point of this one, is that the negative emotions happen in perfectly healthy, good marriages. That's the most important thing, right? <laughs> Can we just make sure everyone knows that? I mean, I think like this, this is something that I think people are told, like what maybe during the course of engagements or like right after they get married. I think we should just have like a letter that's automatically mailed to everyone like four months after their wedding. Negative emotions happen in perfectly healthy, good marriage. Yeah, because you're still on that high for a little bit in the beginning and everyone's like, oh, you should just know it's okay if you feel negative. And like every single bride is like, yeah, well, right. I mean, not us. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not going to happen to us. Like, sorry to hear about your marriage, but, right? And then like four months later, they're like, oh, that's what they were talking about, if they even remember. So it doesn't mean that you don't do any work on these negative emotions and that it's for sure not that you want to let them fester. If you're stuck on one, that is for sure a time for coaching. You can get curious about where they came from. You can be willing to look at the thought square in the eye. If thoughts had eyes, that's what you would be doing, right? Looking at square in the eye. You can feel all the feels without constantly rege regenerating them by fixating on the thoughts or by trying to push away the thought. And you can be cranky sometimes. So I want to give you permission for that. Not None of this is meant to be, oh, just show up however you want to show up and just, I mean, I've talked about this in the podcast before. This is all about self-growth, right? But if you haven't listened to the podcast episode called Shame Won't Make You a Better Wife, that's where I really make the argument for why having this anxiety, having beating yourself up over like how you should be showing up and how you're not showing up, those are not productive. You have to know that those are not going to create the result that you want so that you can let it go. I don't even care about you shouldn't feel ashamed because shame is bad. I don't know. Sometimes I think shame might be useful. I don't have an issue with shame. What I have an issue with is the results that you get when you're in shame. Okay, so definitely go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it yet. In the meantime, enjoy all your negative emotions and the positive ones too. If you do want more support to take this further, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, this is definitely something I need to work on, but I need a little bit more support and guidance. So I just opened up a few more spots for one-on-one -on -one coaching. And the way that looks is I take you through the first year married process with me, private one-on-one -on -one coaching. You get lifetime access to the full online course. And as you're going through it, you're getting weekly calls with me. So you learn the material and you have the time to apply it into your unique situation, right? Take this all from theoretical to very, very practical hands on the ground, right? So to apply, you go to firstyearmarried.com. You're going to click on the button that says personal coaching up top and it will get an application and we can get on a call and talk. 
All right. For all of you, I hope you have an amazing week. And I'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.